So I probably shouldn't call this a Come Follow Me New Testament supplement. It really hasn't anything to do with this week's reading, but rather with um, something that uh, that I encountered this week. Your cousin, uh, William Heaton, was married, and uh, his wife, Jess, her family is Catholic, and so they had a civil wedding first, as you're allowed to do now, and then they went directly to the temple. And I was very surprised, and maybe you won't be, uh, with how closely the church-authorized wording of that civil ceremony matches the temple ceremony. So I thought it'd be worthwhile to examine this with some notes that might be relevant uh, to how the temple, uh, well, to the temple and, how, and, uh, and what that ordinance may have to teach us. Right? If, if uh, like Alma said, uh, the way that the uh, ancient Melchizedek priests were ordained was supposed to teach them something about what to expect of Christ, how to what manner they should look forward to the coming of Christ. Well, then uh, what does the ordinance of marriage, and maybe even the differences between the civil ceremony and the temple ceremony, tell us about uh, how to anticipate our eternal relationships? Uh, that, that's my, that was my thought, anyway. I'll see if, if, uh, if there's anything here. So uh, this is from the handbook now, and you know, oh, I should say your Uncle Dave uh, uh, performed the marriage because he's the bishop there. Uh, and he uh, was kind enough to show me this, but it turns out this is on the this is on the website. You can see this yourself. To perform a civil marriage, uh, the church officer addresses the couple and says, "Please take each other by the right hand." He then says, and he gives the groom's full name and then the bride's full name. You have taken one another by the right hand in token of the vows you will now enter into in the presence of God and these witnesses. Uh, and when they can choose to ha- even have witnesses uh, ahead of the, ahead of time if they want to for that civil ceremony. Now, uh, taking right hands for marriage is uh, n- traditional. It's uh, it's ancient. I mean, it goes back. Uh, we have very, very ancient Greek sources, and of course, Israelite too. Right? Um, that uh, well, uh, the first part of this is that is that God takes the right hand of the individual to bring them into heaven or to initiate them into the mysteries and so forth like that. Christian art is filled with images of God's right hand being extended or grasping uh, the hand of the, the prophet or the, or the saint. Right? Uh, now, between mortals in a ritual context, I mean, and you know where I'm going with, with the right hand you know, of God, uh, but between mortals in a ritual context, uh, the right hand clasp meant uh, unity, right? Friendship, um, uh, equality. Uh, this is even the decoration on um, many temples, right? Um, well, in the older part of the uh, restoration. And and the handshake, or the hand clasp, is a, like a shorthand for an embrace. Um, but especially, especially a hand clasp signified recognition, uh, recognizing one another. Even this, even the word "symbol," which is like the, um, this is like the ultimate uh, symbol um, that the hand clasp is, or symbolon. Um, it has to do with this imagery. Literally, symbolon means thrown together, or thrown back together. Having a whole, having been separated into two, is now thrown back together, and the recognition that happens. That's that's what a symbolon means in the in the earliest Greek idea of it. A reunification of what has been broken apart. So, when we think about creation as repetitive divisions, separations, light and dark, day and night, land and sea, and, and finally male and female, 
um, and that all things ultimately are to be gathered into one. Uh, and the, the Gospel of Philip says that Christ came for the express purpose of reuniting Adam and Eve. Then this idea of male and female hand clasp as a shorthand for an embrace um, is a is a uh, ritual enactment of reunion, recognition, right? That ultimate symbolon. Okay, that's a big digression, but um, but but all these little details they're they're not just conventions, or at least. If they're only conventions, they're certainly very, very old ones. The officer then addresses the groom and asks, and he gives the groom's full name, Do you receive, and then he says the bride's full name, as your lawfully wedded wife? And do you of your own free will and choice solemnly promise as her companion and lawfully wedded husband that you will cleave unto her and none else? And you will observe all the laws, responsibilities, and obligations pertaining to the holy state of matrimony and that you will love, honor, and cherish her as long as you both shall live. And the groom answers, yes, or I do. Uh, wow, this is really, really close to uh, to the temple ceremony in, in its structure and, uh, and its content, um, you know, except, well, so first we have, this has to be freely chosen, right? Uh, and it obliges us to fulfill certain responsibilities, laws, you know, sexual fidelity, companionship, love, and cherishing. And, um, you know, and cherishing, how is that different than love? Uh, the couple of occurrences of that word in the Bible, at least, convey a greater degree of, of intimacy in the sense of living together and knowing each other well and so forth. So cherishing in that um, personal, very personal sense. Uh, the church officer then addresses the bride, and it's the same. Uh, it's the same for her, freely chosen and the same obligation. The church officer then addresses the couple and says, By virtue of the legal authority vested in me as an elder of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I pronounce you, the name, and the bride's name, husband and wife, legally and lawfully wedded for the period of your mortal lives. So this is extremely uh, close to the, uh, to the, to the temple um, wording. Uh, except for, you know, I mean, here, here, here it drops off. Well, almost drops off. Um, the the period of your mortal lives, um, and that's and that's where it ends, uh, you know, quite quite noticeably, um, for for those familiar with with the doctrine. Um, and then, instead of the long list of f- things sealed upon the couple, we have this: May God bless your union, with joy in your posterity, and a long life of happiness together, and may He bless you to keep sacred the vows you have just made. These blessings I invoke upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, uh, number one, um, there there are blessings, um, and the vow is sacred, which I think is important for us to know. This is not a throwaway, uh, this is not a throwaway kind of uh, promise here. But, but what's missing is obvious, right? It's not the eternal duration of the covenant is what's missing. Now, I would draw your attention to the specific promises of the, of the temple sealing. Notice, if you, if you haven't been recently noticed the next time you go, that, that the blessings that are sealed on the couple are organized very carefully. And in fact, they're quite neatly grouped into the specific roles anciently associated with Mother in Heaven and Father in Heaven. Mother in Heaven was described as the cloud of glory. The glory. 
that led Israel through the wilderness, that filled the tabernacle and temple and so forth, right? That cloud of glory that appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration and so forth. She was called the chayot, the lives, the womb of all, and so forth, right? This, this maternality, right? Well, obviously, she's not independently the source of all life. Um, you know, it, evidently, in the eternities takes two, just like it does in mortality, right? Uh, so, you know, is she is she more the source of life than Heavenly Father? It wouldn't seem so. Uh, but there's something special that, that this is attributed to her throughout all the scriptures from, from start to finish. And likewise, Father in Heaven is known as the King, the ruler, even Jesus, sits on whose throne? The Father's throne <laughs> to rule, right? Um, but if we look at family life here, especially I think and I hope in families that are striving for consecration, it is pretty dang hard to imagine a single male autocrat in the eternities. I mean, that, that I just don't see it. I don't see it. The usual default, or at least the default error, is paternal non-participation, right? So surely the governance of heaven is is a, a unity of soul and mind that uh, is well beyond anything that we can imagine here. Our best, our best accomplishments here probably pale badly in comparison to the, the supreme unity of our heavenly parents. And yet, in the scriptures, Father in Heaven is portrayed as the king. So th- these are the ways that these blessings are phrased in the sealing ordinance, as if they were divided that way. Um for reasons that I think are worth pondering. Again, uh, it's not telling us how it is or it's supposed to be. It's telling us how to proceed. How do you look forward to Jesus Christ? Well, look at the way that the Melchizedek priests were ordained. This is what Alma says in Alma 13. Uh, and I am starting to think, uh, want to proceed toward a celestial union? What can we learn from the ordinance? Uh, that, that points us that direction. Well, did you notice too <laughs> that the this is one of the big things that grabbed my attention hearing Uncle Dave speak this, that the ordinance, the civil the civil ceremony is performed in the name of Jesus only. Interesting. In the temple, it's the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The only other ordinance that's pronounced in all three names is baptism. And I don't know why. But that's not going to stop me from speculating here. <laughs> of course, <laughs> in baptism, we are born how of the Spirit. We're born of the Spirit, and the, and the imagery of baptism is super graphically that of a birth, right? The water, the gush of amniotic fluid, the blood uh, that co- covers the mother's blood that covers the infant, and then the breath, that first breath of life, which is, uh, is symbolized the Spirit, right? Um, Early Christians understood, of course, the Spirit to be Heavenly Mother, and that it was her voice speaking to Jesus from heaven in, uh, you know, as he was baptized in Jordan, Thou art my Son, today I have begotten thee. Right? So it makes sense uh, if this is going to be a spiritual rebirth to Heavenly Parents, and, and this is the way that early uh, Christian commentators and poets and hymnists uh, you know, refer, refer to it, um, it makes sense that the baptism be in the name of all three. Well, if that's the case, then celestial marriage makes sense the same way, too. It's not a birth to heavenly parents. But it is a required door through which we must pass if we're going to have the same ability to become as our heavenly parents are. Uh, That is, to possess 
eternal lives, the capacity to fulfill that same role as they do as heavenly parents. Well, uh, the honest truth is, <laughs> I have uh, I've never been more discouraged about the project of being a parent. But I believe that these things are true. And the ordinance that Mom and I had in Manti all those years ago, more than three decades ago, was real. And I had a witness of the Spirit at the time, and that witness abides with me. Um, which is some comfort, I suppose, making me think that I haven't uh, wrecked things yet, though there's still time, I suppose. More to the point, and really the point, is that God cares about our families, how we form them. I mean, He cares about our sexual conduct. And then He cares about our conduct in relation to other members of our family, how we treat each other and sacrifice each other and bear each other's burdens as Christ bears ours, that we be saviors on Mount Zion. Um, these are some of the reflections of my heart as I listen to this, um, this civil ceremony and uh, thought about my own, um, my own marriage. thought I'd pass these things on because I think there's some kernels of wisdom here, I hope. And of course, I, I pray for you guys and I hope you pray for me because you're still my precious little ones and I love you so much. God bless you this week.